Welcome to the Business Abundance Podcast, providing the tools and knowledge to help small business owners succeed. For additional resources, visit www.businessabundance.online. Welcome back to the Business Abundance Podcast. During today's discussion, we will discuss cost cutting in business and whether it is the best solution to address profitability. That was the happiest version of cost cutting I've ever heard. Usually people are like, oh, I've got to cut costs. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, let's you cut can, some costs you today. You can change anything with a smile. <laughs> We're cutting costs today. You're fired. <laughs> oh, dear. You'd almost feel good, wouldn't you? I've just been fired, but... I don't know why I'm smiling. This is the worst day of my life. Cutting costs is fun. Exactly. Rowan, you were going to discuss the value of today's episode. Oh, the value. Okay, so <laughs> today we're going to learn about uh, cutting costs. A lot of people love to cut costs. Cut corners, cut costs. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're losing money. We're not making enough money. Let's cut some costs. But uh, it's probably not the way that I think business should be done. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. It might be a bit of a polarizing view. It might not, but I think it makes a bit of sense. So what are we going to learn out today? We're going to look at um, cutting costs and, and we'll maybe managing costs and the difference between the two. Um, one's important, one's certainly not. Um, what effect um, cutting costs can have in the short term and the long term and, and why that might be a good or a bad idea. Um, and then we're definitely going to look on, well, if you do need to cut costs and that's your problem, you're not making enough money, you're running out of money, um, there's nothing there and you've just got to cut, cut, cut. Well, what should you be looking at instead? Okay. So what is cost cutting? Cost cutting. Pretty simple. We have this cost. We have this. We're going to cut it down. I'm going to go out on a limit of saying cutting costs. <laughs> yeah. So cutting costs, what does that mean? If you're in a restaurant, uh, let's have some examples of cutting costs in a restaurant. Maybe you choose to use a, a cheaper alternative to a product that you would usually use, like yep. a different ingredient. So we're going to use um, third grade beef mince instead of oh, fillet steak. Mm. It's probably a bit extreme. Yeah. I was at Costco actually a few weeks ago on a trip to Melbourne and I went to order a burger, right? And they don't offer lettuce anymore on their burgers because apparently lettuce is too expensive now. Thank you to all the, you know, vegetable inflation. Do they replace it with anything? Would you just have a meat <laughs> and like cheese coleslaw. burger? Coleslaw. Yeah, yeah. coleslaw. Coleslaw to me is like a side that you put on the side of something not that you have in a burger, but yeah. Yeah, so for me that's actually really good because I, I found out recently I was highly allergic to lettuce, which I may have mentioned. I may not have. It's a joke around here, but I didn't believe him. Coleslaw, love it. No, I didn't believe you when you first told me. We were out of getting a burger maybe – Somewhere local and, oh, yeah, no lettuce. I'm like, what, are, what are you going against lettuce? Oh, I'm allergic. I love no, it too. No one's allergic to lettuce. doesn't happen. Highly oh, allergic. I'm really allergic to lettuce. Lettuce is like 90% water. So yeah, the, like and it. it's the two types that are the most have the most water, cos and iceberg. But there was, there was a restaurant that I go to quite often and they just kept putting spiteful little amounts on the top every time I asked and, and eventually she came out and I picked it off in front of her and she's like, just eat your lettuce. I'm like, no, I'm allergic. I had to show my allergy test and then yeah. she felt really bad. No one believes you, do they? No. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's 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 an example. And and they've now gone, okay, well, here's our cool burger that everyone likes and let's take a pita out and maybe it's coleslaw is just as good or maybe it changes 100% what the burger mm. tastes like now. What other examples? Cutting costs in a restaurant. That's a really easy one to look at. Stupid oh, place where I go to lunch nine times out of ten, they've got this pesto, chicken pesto salad. Yes. Pre-made. Didn't tell us. Didn't change the price. Took the chicken out. <laughs> Pretty big change. Yep. Make a bit. Oh, I can't wait to get into my chicken pesto pasta. This is going to be awesome. Where the bloody hell's the chicken? <laughs> oh yeah, we had to. We had to get rid of the chicken. Sorry about that. Could have told me. <laughs> Didn't get in. Don't like oh, coming there anymore. Too. 
my mum's a celiac, so she can't have any gluten in any of her foods, right? Yep. And so we would always gravitate to these regular brands that we always buy. And all of a sudden, this one particular brand just stopped making their products gluten-free. <laughs> Same packaging. <laughs> what could possibly Same go wrong? Same <laughs> packaging, everything, no like message on the front of it saying, hey, we're not gluten-free anymore. Same price. Yeah, gluten-free for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, it wasn't gluten-free anymore. And we didn't realise until we read the back of it. Now, how do you feel about that brand now? We don't go to that brand anymore. Like yep. we don't purchase it yeah. anymore. Yep. Like if she had have eaten that, she could have been really, really sick. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's another place around here that um I don't really go to, but um the, the veggies is a Thai place and it's all crinkle cut. Then some of the work they just mentioned that, that they um I said that's really familiar. Like the veggies have a bit of a strange taste, and I said they're pretty familiar. And it's like oh. It's because we get them from the Coles frozen section pre-cut. <laughs> and it was literally, it was the Coles, like the Coles mixed yep. veggies. Boom. That was the one. And they're just serving it up for their $35 meals with water. Mm. You know, that's cutting costs from a food perspective. But then in other businesses, what have you got? You've got staff costs, so wages. So we can we can cut wages. We can cut entitlements. We can cut perks. We can uh, outsource. We can outsource, yeah. So that's cutting your costs. It's a pretty um, controversial one at the moment. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Very controversial. I think we've got a few <laughs> stories today, don't we? A lot of businesses will try to do it themselves. Yep. Which is a recipe for disaster. Oh. I've only got so much time. Yeah, 100%. And then you've got services, advertising, branding. I've, I've seen a few logos that are definitely homemade in my time. <laughs> yep. Good old paint shop <laughs> pro special. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's lots of areas that we cut. I think like Ian said, cutting costs is cutting costs are pretty straightforward. Uh, there's a lot of areas and a lot of things you can cut, but that's probably not what we're talking about today. Yeah. So why would a business need to cut costs in the first place? Don't have enough money. So uh, generally it comes from a, it's pretty rare you've got a business that's just literally wasting money, giving it to all these places that they don't need um, for no reason. Um, but fundamentally, if anyone wants to cut costs, it's because they don't have enough money um, and they're worried about what's going to happen. Um, they've got some bills they need to pay, which might be staff wages, it might be finance repayments, it might be enough material so they can do the next job. And then they're just looking at these other things coming out of the business every month or every quarter or, you know, this, 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 and it's not getting them anything or they don't see the value in it. And so they go, right, let's chop them off. Gone. Easy to make more money in my experience. Yeah. Um, so why, cutting costs. So why do you think that businesses automatically – just think, you know, we need to cut costs now rather than just trying to increase their profit to begin with. I think there's a stigma there that it's harder to make more money, uh, especially if you're doing what you've always done and it's not working. Oh, that's a good point. If I, I've always done it this way and it's not working anymore, oh no, the market's changed. I'm going to have to fire you. Sorry. That sounds familiar. I think we already had a podcast on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's 100% true. Yeah. That's, that's the mindset. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, XYZ business is not going well. They haven't changed. I'm not quite sure why. The market's gone. Um, they don't have a community behind them anymore because they're offering something people don't want and they don't, they don't want to listen. They haven't um, listened to their community. Yeah, it's all about them. And so now we're just going to cut costs because my business model doesn't sustain it anymore. That's one reason. But then another reason too is that it's mainly for much larger organisations, big businesses, especially share market listed ones. Can new CEO comes in, what's their target? net profit for the shareholders, how much dividends can we get? So what do they do? They come in, they cut as many costs as they can, boom, 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 short term, one year, two year, three year maybe, um, net profits through the roof, they get huge bonuses, share options, look like a hero and then they leave and go to the next place. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Yeah. Qantas. Who invited oh. Frank Sinatra? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not a bad tune. How did we segue on to Frank Sinatra? 
Oh, yeah. that's right, because I'm a horrible singer. Yeah, so we all Quantus. have heard stories about different businesses throughout the years, but that's, you know, that's probably is a reason. It's not always going bad. Sometimes it's someone wants to make themselves look really good in the short-term gain. Yeah, so there's, um, going back to our little flying segue, there's a business that's been in the news a lot lately. Qantas. Qantas. Yeah, let's not name them. We're not, we're not bad-mouthing Qantas. We're just no, talking we're just about our experiences recently. They've had some challenges. They have. Yes. They've been in the news, that's true. Yes, we're going to talk about them? Yeah, we are. As an example. I flew with them recently. Yeah, okay. We'll try to support local. Yep. So Qantas has uh, been around for a while, a pretty well-known airline, generally pretty good service. They've got their cheaper version, Jetstar, which um, I always swear never to use again. And then somehow when I look at my next ticket when I'm boarding a plane, it says Jetstar again, even though I book through Qantas each time. It's getting really frustrating. Yeah, premium premium service known for reliability and getting from point A to point B. Made famous by Rain Man. Rain Man. Before my time. Really? Yeah. Oh, Rain Man. There was a character in the movie that just would only fly. Didn't want to fly at all because of airline crashes. Qantas is safe. Tom Cruise. True. They had a really good safety record, didn't they? Yeah. There's no airlines that fly that haven't crashed, Ray. Qantas. Qantas. Yeah, that's... I don't think Qantas fly from Idaho to Newark. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they have a really good reputation for a pretty premium service. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had an experience recently, which we'll, which we'll go through briefly. Yeah, yep. Um, and I see you flew to New Zealand. Yes, I did. How'd that go? It wasn't their best experience that I've had. I've had some stellar experiences with Qantas. I don't fly with them a lot. Uh, brand loyalty to another major airline. but Jetstar? Definitely not. No, it was Tiger. No. <laughs> Where'd they go? Uh, but I've had some great experiences with Qantas and, and you do feel like you're getting that premium even when you're buying an economy ticket. Uh, not so much this time. Not so much. There were a few hiccups. And Let's have a quick short list. Okay. Every flight was late by at least an hour. Uh, there was no communication of the times that the, the flights were being rescheduled to. The pe- fellow who flew with me, he had his bags disappear. For three days, that's never good. No. Luckily, it was on the way home, so imagine. that would be really bad on the way there, wouldn't it? Wouldn't have, wouldn't have been ideal. <laughs> no, there's a whole heap of touch points that were quite negative that I feel were avoidable in regards to communication, especially uh, the app itself. You fly now, you you get your ticket on your app, and you've got your Qantas app. We're looking at the app, and we're at the bar, and we're like, okay, it's been an hour. Yep, boarding soon. Excellent. Uh, flight closed. Ah. Mad dash to the gate in the International <laughs> Lounge at Melbourne and everyone's still lined up waiting. You just made us like waste half a beer on top of like airport price beers as well. <laughs> Priorities. So, yeah. But I mean that's, that's 13 bucks each. Yep. So again, it's another negative experience. Yep. Uh, it's not like we're struggling for money but it's still – now you've got beer sitting in your guts that you've just tried to slam back. Yep. And you're, you're not – you're not getting the premium experience that you've had in the past. There was one thing I think uh, someone that was on your trip was they came in for something the other day and um, and they said uh, they're allergic to mushroom, which I, oh, thought, yes. I thought was funny. I picked it. You picked it? Yeah. So w- what happened? Uh, I got the same meal as him on the flight and I know he's allergic to mushroom, like deathly allergic to mushroom. M- m- mushroom. I speak English. Don't worry about it. We yeah. understood what you meant. Exactly. There wasn't mushroom on the plane. Anyway, uh, I'm, I've dove in. He's had a couple of bites out of his meal and I'm like, that's weird. I didn't expect to see it. Oh, that's a mushroom. Oi, that's a mushroom. Don't, uh, 
don't eat any more of that, you're going to die. They were really good, actually. Their response to it was fantastic. The flight flight uh, cabin people were amazing. Yep. Flight attendants. Yeah, that's them. I don't, I'm trying to avoid gender because, yeah. A flight attendants can be yes. either or. So, yeah, um, so it's interesting because there's like a lot of small little points there which you, you don't necessarily think are related to one particular thing and like I said, the people there were still fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, hasn't really changed in, in all areas. But, you know, well, I, we went to Queensland um, and we booked through Qantas. Uh, then we rocked up to to leave um, and our flight was, I think it was delayed. Um, I assume it was delayed. It had been changed three times in the three months prior to the price. You're now flying here, you're flying here. This changed. This has changed. Connecting flights changed. It just kept changing. Anyway, the the way there wasn't too bad. I think we. I assumed we had enough baggage, but we didn't. So somewhere the communication broke down there. The person was really good though. They they charged us for three three kilos extra when we had twenty kilo bag extra. Uh, so we thought we had an extra bag. Um, yep. So that that was pretty good. You can't really fault the people side of things. But then on the way back, there was a bit of a problem because um, we were travelling with another party. We had about nine people all together. And our flight back had three stages. Basically, we got a message a few days before saying, hey, your your first flight's changed to three o'clock in the afternoon. Departure. Uh, you'll be arriving in Brisbane at uh, 6.30. No, no, three o'clock in the afternoon, 4.30 it would have been. And our uh, connecting flight left at 1.30. So, you know, that doesn't make too much sense. Anyway, so we had to call them and go through all the processes to change and they said yep you guys can all fit on this flight you two parties and um you'll get through no problems um so then they booked half of us on one and then they went to book the others and and uh, changed our app Qantas app because we were flying Qantas and we actually were on Qantas this time and um the Qantas app said yes our itinerary has changed but we also had our original one so it said yep your boarding passes are there you, you're expected on this flight we had the new flight as well but it said cancelled so for our friends, they were on the flight, happy days. Ours said we were cancelled. So then we rang up again. They're like, oh, no, you're on the flight. It's all fine. And I said, well, it can't be right. So we rang up again and got someone else because I thought that might be the issue. And they said, oh, no, you're not on that flight. It's, um, you, you don't fit. It's full. Um, so anyway, 30 minutes later, um, I was on the phone to this person trying to explain that, you know, we're travelling with a baby and, and, and not leaving wasn't really an option. Um, we could have probably stayed another couple of days, but ideally we wanted to go back. And they were like, can't you just leave and then sort it out when you get to Brisbane? It's like, I'm not jumping on a plane, go somewhere else and not know what happens for the rest of the day. You know, just we can either stay here or we go. It's two options. And um, they didn't seem to get that. This person who was probably a lovely person, but it was definitely untrained. Well, I was on the phone to that person. I eventually got frustrated, hung up, and then I got a phone call from the original lady who had figured out what the problem was um, when she tried to rebook. And the flight was full when she tried to book us in. And it's been frantically trying to fix it ever since, um, which was a great, great personal effort. And just was really ringing to apologise and say there's nothing they can do. And and I said, can we just, surely there's a flight through somewhere. And then so I Googled it and I said, oh, I can book on this flight for two and a half grand and we can get back via Melbourne, um, one stop, happy days. Can we jump on that? She said, yeah, what's the flight number? I gave her the flight number and yep, happy days. So she booked me on Jetstar on the way back. Actually, the first thing she said was, can you book that then? I said, well, not for two and a half grand, but can you just put me on that flight because it's your company? And she said, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. What's the flight number? When our friends changed to that flight, they got changed to the Qantas one and we got changed to the Jetstar one. Um, so we're all on Jetstar, but they got all the perks of Qantas and we didn't. So that was a bit of a shame. But um, what happened aside from that, um, they lost our heavy bulky items Ouch. in Melbourne that we had to pick back up to get to the other plane. 
so we, we had to go to the baggage claim and the lady there was lovely. She's obviously been in Qantas a long time, good customer service. She's like, I oh, know it's there. I can see it there on the computer. I know exactly where we'll be sitting. Quote, but ever since they replaced all our baggage, they sacked all our baggage handlers and replaced them with Crown, which I don't know how that works, but that's just what she said. They're useless. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show them exactly where it is. And she'd already rang them three times by the stage. I'll be back in five minutes. And five minutes later, she came out the door and our stuff came through the convey about same time. How um, good is that? So, you know, Qantas is in the news for a million different reasons and, I, and I'm, I'm not close enough to them to know all of the reasons, but there's um, customer service, which is definitely offshored um, with some very limited training. The fact that you need to look up your own your own flights um, and be on the phone for two hours to solve something pretty simple. Um, and throughout Australia, they've got some challenges with people being sick and limited resources and things like that, which I understand. But and they laid off their entire baggage handling force. Yep, and replaced them with some um, contracted ones, I believe. Yes. Um, so these are things where they've done to cut costs and it might be required to survive. Um, but at the same time, there's some massive impacts on their brand, massive impacts on the customers, um, which I don't – they might recover from, they might not. Um, and the internal impacts. I mean, how do you think the staff are feeling? Oh, that lady, she she was very upset with that man. Yeah. Um, she, that's what she said to me, a customer. That's yeah. a pretty familiar feeling, actually. I worked for um, a really big super fund in Australia. Okay. And I didn't work for them directly, but I worked through an outsourced service. So we did customer service. We'd answer all of the initial inquiries and questions, um, just general yeah. advice for that fund but we weren't actually employed by that fund. So we had very limited access to what we were allowed to, A, tell the customers, what information we could find out in terms of um, their claims, where their claims were at. So let's say someone had um, an insurance claim through their super for income protection, so they're like unable to work for a long period of time. Yep. We couldn't really get any information out of like the process of where their claim was because it was all sitting with yet another company that oh, was also outsourced. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you were just constantly having to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop, having to transfer to Ouch. get to who you needed to get and to. And you, you weren't even a customer. Yeah, and that was that was my experience as an employee. So imagine how the customer that I was talking to was feeling. Yeah. And again, it's just it would have been so much easier if everyone was all within the same company, but everyone was all completely separate. Yeah, so I can't remember what the question was or we just segued into telling stories about <laughs> companies. Um, but there's some pretty high-profile cases and that's a really good example of how you know, cut costs for reasons which might be to, to, to save the company, it might be to increase the profits and get bigger bonuses, who, who knows. But um, you think, oh, we'll, we'll change this contractor, it's half the price and they're, they're promising these standards. Um, but at the end of the day, just because they promise it or can deliver it or say they will, it doesn't mean they will, and, and who are the people dealing with that are dealing with your business? Let's take it from the perspective of a, uh, an airline. I mean, if you're having your confidence eroded in the airline's customer service for starters and then their ability to find your bags, how long before you start going, I probably don't want to fly with them because maybe they're cutting costs elsewhere and it's not like you can just park the plane from 30,000 feet. No, true. You can glide down pretty well. But, um, yeah, yeah this, that safety thing with Qantas, we're happy to pay double the price because we know it's safe. We know we're going to get there. We're going to get good service and be yeah. comfortable. Um, but now suddenly we're paying this price and we're getting treated worse than... It doesn't take much to erode consumer conf- confidence. Yep. Um, uh, so there's a couple of big examples there, but you take that back to the some of those restaurant examples. You know, mm. we're getting frozen veggies and we're putting them $35 and, yeah. and people are going, gee, that tastes a bit funny. Like I, I literally remember saying, this tastes a bit funny. It's a bit familiar. 
and it was exactly what I thought it was. Um, but you drop that food quality and you still charge the same. If you drop the price of the food down and maybe the quality goes down but it doesn't impact the end result, well, that's actually fine. That's No worries. The value equation hasn't changed for the consumer. But if you're taking things away, you're taking things away, you try it. Go, go up to your partner or go to someone we work with, give them a pen. Just say, here, have a pen. They'll take it off you and then just snatch it right back out of their hands and walk off. Brand just gave me a funny look. She's like, what? What kind of monster are you? But do it. <laughs> and then you just turn around and go, how did that make you feel? And they will be upset as. Yeah. And it's literally that. Here, have this. Oh, no, you can't have it anymore. And that's what a lot of this cost cutting is. So bigger, bigger businesses can absorb it better because let's say, let's use Qantas as an example. You're not overly spoilt for choice as a consumer. No. Uh, so people are still going to fly with Qantas. But a small mum and pop restaurant using that strategy I'll just go around the corner, mate, and you've lost a customer and they'll probably tell 10 people. Yeah. yeah you probably don't want to go there anymore. That's not gluten-free anymore. They didn't tell us. Yep, spot on. And that's where some of those businesses, it's like a slippery slope. It might be jumping ahead here, I don't know, but it's a slippery slope because you cut those costs, that service level drops down or the value drops down and then you've got less clients again. And then you're in that position of, oh, we don't have the people, they don't want to come here anymore, oh, the, the conditions aren't what they used to, people aren't like, they don't want it anymore and then you've got to cut more costs. Yep. So how are you ever going to break out of that cycle? Snowball. Yeah. Like a, a good employee, what are they worth? Yep. Like how, how long does it take you to train a good employee who then is an absolute advocate for your brand? Oh, mm. uh, we're cutting costs, sorry. Got to let you go. And now I'm going to outsource your job who has – the person has no idea what your brand is, your core values, got rid of thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of experience uh, all for the sake of bottom line this quarter. Yeah, and don't get us wrong, like if there's another solution that's better or equal to that's cheaper, that's fine. Yeah. But a lot of the time people are looking at the, the glossy brochure or this other business did it. Um, when COVID hit and there was a lot of banks had huge trouble, I don't know if anyone tried to get finance or deal with a bank during COVID, but the waiting times were huge because nothing could get processed because all their document um, management and creation was offshored along with a variety of other functions, and they literally got taken out. They were not able to work, and that's no fault of those contractors. But what did that mean for the, the banks? They couldn't function, and they had no control over that, and that was a pretty drastic scenario. But had they had a few more safety nets in place, um, it would have been a better case. So, you know, if it's more practical to do something different, if there's a system to automate and put in place that um, is better than employee and safer than employee and more reliable than employee, yeah, yeah. yeah 100% you do it. But yeah, we're talking a lot about um, cutting costs for the and what the consumer experiences is, but you've got internal costs too. Like you've, we have um, these nice little pads with logos on them um, that you know look quite pretty. People love to steal them when they come visit. Not they're me. They're nice pads. They're not, they're not cheap pads. I don't have five of them sitting at home right now. Took a lot of ten out for a client when they came the other day. <laughs> but you know, people go, "Gee, that's a bit expensive, a bit of a waste." But no, people like them. They hang around. They sit out there in circulation. People use them for shopping lists and, and people like them. It's a nice thing they remember about our business. You know, for, our, for people working with us, we we look at it and, oh, that's ours, that's nice, so that's cool. We've got nice pens. Business that I used to work for um, had a really nice office, six different types of biscuits, six or seven different types of drink, nice coffee machine, happy days. Um, and they moved office to a very not nice office with smelt a bit when someone went toilet. There was no tea, there was no coffees, there was one cup to share and no plates and a microwave. How did so, you feel? How did you feel? Yeah, well, I felt worse for other people in the business. As my position, I was reasonably senior, so I just took it on by myself to uh, either work from home or take 
as many coffee breaks as I normally would take, but I had to walk to the coffee shop. Yep. Um, so definitely affected productivity. Um, a few people that weren't working in the office that came back into the office were very outraged and, and took it up as a crusade to get the, the milk back, um, which uh, turns out that um, tea, coffee and milk is treated like toilet paper in a business as required by law to provide for your employees, which makes sense to me. Still didn't occur, but the people that um, had sit at their desks and things, it was a pretty – they didn't feel very good about it. I didn't feel very good about it. But, um, you know, how do you think the – how do you think people take it when you cut costs in your business? Oh, we don't need that anymore. Or they're not grateful for it. I was just planning to reread the story before about the, the the biscuits. We had six different types and you think, oh, we were smashing them all the time. But yeah, you did for six months when you started mm. and then you realised it was a really bad idea and um, you didn't really often have a biscuit. Um, it was nice to have the variety. It was a nice perk, made you feel really good, um, but then take it away and it's, it's pretty bad. So, you know, it's affecting some of these costs you cut. You don't think they make you money. Um, but employee satisfaction or even just people's or clients' views of your business definitely get impacted. As an employer, you also start to ask questions, whether you're doing that consciously or you've just got that gut feeling, gee, how long is this job going to last? Oh, 100%. That's, yeah. that's a bad question for an employer to have. Yeah. When's they, when are they running out of money and where have yeah. I got no job? I'm normally driving around and now they're telling me I have to do this from my office. Well, I've got to cut costs on petrol as well. Yep. Uh, how, long, how long am I going to be here? Better, better put the feelers out. Yep. That reminds me of another, um, a local business that I worked for recently. <laughs> She's like, how old are you? Not that we're allowed to ask these questions as employers. I'm nearly 23. 23. How many places you... <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to answer that. Did you check the resume before you... No, sorry. I think she's sorry, done more really. stuff than I've done. Bit of a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was, um, I was working for this local business and so they're um they're a bit of a we won't name this one <laughs> no we won't <laughs> i suppose well, you could say kind of like a, a guessing game everybody <laughs> i'll give you a hint so they're a dealership excellent vehicle, there's only a few vehicle dealership <laughs> i won't guess and they went through a period where they tried to cut a lot of costs so and this was largely due to covid when covid hit everyone just kind of had a bit of a, a panic attack and we're like you know we need to drastically yep. cut our costs because we're not fair selling enough. anything right now yeah fair enough Yes, and especially cars. You need to go out and test drive cars. You're not going to purchase a car from, Mm. you know, the comfort of your lounge room. Like a lot of other businesses that have online stores are just doing fantastically because everyone sitting at home was like, great, I'm going to online shop. That's what I'm going to do. And that three-month period, everything sort of shut down um, and longer in some areas, 100%. That was was a tough tough business to be in, car sales. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Right, so they, they had that. Yeah, so they one of the things that they did was they moved their used car department from um, being across all of their sites to limiting them to only one site, which cost jobs as well because they're now, you know, we would have had used car detailers and we would have had used car salespeople, we would have had, you know, administration assistants, yep. all those jobs double up. gone. All of the extra work now goes to the employers that are still left at the dealerships that were retaining those um, used car yards. And so they usually have, you know, more cars at their yard, but they'd also have a hell of a lot more work to do. So they've basically gone, we've got multiple sites and now we're going to send it all to one and the people at that one site, they keep their jobs, everyone else loses them, but now that people need to do the work of the extras. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. And then we also had a big empty space. Mm. So there's just a whole empty space where this used car yard used to be. 
There aren't enough new cars now because there's a lot of yeah. issues with new car sourcing with supply chains. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and there will be for quite a yep. considerable amount of time going forward. But um, see, we, we can't fill those spaces. They can't spill those, fill those spaces. And so it just looks empty. And so one of um, an experience that I had when I was working there is a lot of customers would come up and be like, wow, I didn't know that you guys were still open. Yeah. Mm. Like, are you closing? When are you closing? And they also lost a brand as well, which was by choice because of um, just completely different operating ways. They were just moving to a different kind of style of business. Um, But, yeah, so they lost a brand and they lost their used car yard and suddenly they had a completely empty shop front. And so what they did that they thought was going (laughs) to – they thought they were going to save money um, by not having to employ as many people and not operating off of multiple sites, mm. save money on travel between sites, etc. They're really lost out in the long run, long run <laughs> because a lot of people now think that they're closed and aren't going to go there yeah. and they've lost their reputation. Probably lost a lot of skills when they got rid of a lot of people too. Yeah, and they have a much higher staff turnover now as well because a lot of people that would have worked there for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years – that were just kind of like let go in an instant, were like, okay, well, a lot of other people that worked there for a long time have lost their confidence in the business. So Yeah, that's pretty sad. Nothing looks better than empty shelves (laughs) as a consumer. Like, oh, righto. Yeah, so much confidence. Yeah, you look at that from another point of view and you can go, well, that makes sense. You know, COVID, you're not selling anything, you've got to – got to shrink and that's that's fair. Right away, yeah. But, um, you know, there, there were things to do and I remember advising people. It's like, okay, well, you can stand people down. That's okay. You can say, hey, guys, we can't pay you and we've got no work for you to do. You're not sacked but you stood down. Um, that was valid and people didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but then JobKeeper came out for a lot of these businesses and I would say car yards included. A lot of people were buying a lot more vehicles than before. Getting stock was hard, but definitely volumes of units did not go down. They it went was still up. still money, wasn't it? Um, yep. And then a lot of these things, as they went up, people didn't go increase what they had. They went, oh, we've been operating okay, and it doesn't look like from the numbers, from the top end, from the management point of view, these numbers are still there. Actually, in fact, they're better, so why would we go back to how it used to be? Um, so, you know, that's one way you can look at it. But then you've got people that are overworked, they're still doing the same volumes, um, they're not getting appreciated, they're getting managed off KPIs, and they're saying, we want more help. Um, we can't provide good experiences and I don't know whether that's something you had or not. But Absolutely. So we were having to adhere to our KPIs, you know, like was our service professional, was it prompt? Um, were we great communicators throughout the day? Um, and it's really hard to be a good communicator when you don't have the time to communicate to every single person. You know, you're seeing upwards of 20 different customers a day, all with different reasons for coming in. Yep. And you're expected to be able to communicate with them at least, you know, two, three, four times a day, times that by 20. Yeah. And there's only two people in the office most of the time. Yeah. At, at an office that back in the day would have had four or five, um, including a full-time manager, which was no longer an option either. Just for that side, not for the other ones as yeah, well. Yeah. So we had a, a part-time manager who was between two sites. and. Yeah. So you were also losing time to having to travel between the two as well. So it's an interesting thing when you look at cutting costs, you know, it can make your net profit look quite good. Um, and if that's your measurement, then it does a really good job. But um, you know, I would definitely argue that you're looking at the wrong thing when you're cutting the cost. Um, sometimes, yes, you've got to cut the cost. You've got too many employers. doesn't make sense. 100% doesn't affect anything else. Cut the cost. Um, but, you know, we're cutting costs to get rid of admin wage. A few people are going to work a bit harder. Our service is going to go down. Well, if that's what you want, that's fine if that's your new model. Mm. But um, if that's not what you want, that's that's pretty uh, stupid reason to do it. 
you uh, you see it with government departments a lot, depending on who's in power at which time. But their method of cutting costs is generally retrenchment, uh, and they will fire people from the lowest paid jobs, where you could fire three people from middle management and save the same cost. Yep, and it'd be just as easy to have somebody fill those spots. Whereas you you fire a hundred people from the bottom end, you create worse publicity. And you've now got a hundred people looking for work. Uh, just doesn't yeah. make doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, sometimes wrong measures. So you got to have the right measures. What else have we got to talk about? Well, what are some alternatives? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, so. Make more money. <laughs> what else can we do? So yeah, I, I think we've pretty well explained why cutting costs is a pretty bad idea and some really some pretty uh, serious examples there. But fundamentally, people need to cut costs because they don't have enough money. Um, so what's the alternative to cutting costs? And, and there's two parts to your – well, it's more than two parts to your profit and loss, but there's two main parts. There's your expenses and then just your gross profit. So one's the bottom line, net profit, what you left over is, top line's your income. Um, how can we get more income? How can we get more profit before our expenses? Um, and that's some of the things we, we uh, look at. You know, we cut costs and we go, oh, that's gone, 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 but then we're actually reducing the amount of sales we're going to generate in the future or the capacity to generate sales. Sometimes you go, well, you know, there's not – Expenses I can cut, these are all good long-term, but at the moment I can't afford them and that's where you need capital in your business sometimes. Sometimes you need to invest back into your business because you know, well, in three years' time, it's going to come back to me if I can maintain these things. But where's that capital going to come from? Yeah, good question. So if you're running a business and you're just taking all the money and there's never anything left over at the end, then that's not a very secure place. So, you know, I always believe you should have a buffer. Um, people, they go, oh, I've got to have paid off my house, but then I've got no money in my business and I'm not, not going to be your financial advisor. But um, that's not really safe if you have something happen in your business. What does it mean? You have to you have to sell your house. Um, if your business is going really bad and you try to refinance your house, it's going to be pretty hard because they're going to look at your income and say you don't have any income. Uh, we don't want to take your house off you, so we're not going to loan you. Um, but had you not paid off your house in full and left a bit of money till you could afford to pay it off later and left some more money kicking around for your business, you know that's one way for it to come. Um, you can get investors, you can do other things, and maybe some staff. But um, that's all good if you plan ahead, but. If you're in this position now and you haven't planned that far ahead, what else can you do? Yeah, good question. So you cut costs and then you're basically digging a hole that's going to get bigger and bigger for you to get out of. So what can you do? You've got to build the top line. So what can you do to pivot? Um, And pivot basically means what other things can we be doing with our customers? What other products and services? So when COVID hit out, a lot of the clients that I was talking to was like, hey, what else can we offer at the moment? Oh, we can offer this, 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 this. Well, let's go do it. Because um, we can't do this, this, this. We've got all this time. We've got all these employees. We've all this free time. Let's go nuts. Um, when JobKeeper came out, some businesses got their employees back. Some didn't. It's like, oh, we don't need them. So there's no point. Well, you've got all these employees essentially for free. Well, if there's 10 people a week that don't have anything to do, that's a lot of resources to do something new. Great opportunity. So it's building your top line. What can we do better? What can we do for other people? How can we improve this product? How can we improve this service? How can we maximise every customer touch point? Yep. Okay, that person's bought Fuzzy Widget over here and there's an add-on sale there that we, we're missing out on. And, yeah. And in, if that money's flowing, I mean, COVID's a very unique and I hopefully – we don't see it again in our lifetime. That's see, not the usual reason for this problem. Yeah, it's a unique challenge and no one was prepared for that. And if you were, <laughs> hats off. <laughs> uh, but most of the time you've seen it coming. Yeah. 
uh, we're going to need to cut costs pretty soon. It's uh, not just going to be tomorrow you wake up and you've got no money. Like exactly. You should have been a bit aware it's not that great. Yeah, yeah. and if you, if you haven't, you probably maybe think about your career choice. Maximise every interaction and maximise how much value you're offering. The simple equation is if you're offering more value than people are paying, they're going to keep coming back and buying. Correct. Yeah, so what other products can you can you offer? What better experience can you give? Um, can you do things in your business that's unrelated to what you do that make people go, oh, that's just great? Um, can you refer people yeah. to local businesses that have a similar, uh, not a competing product, but a companion sale? So talking about community in the previous podcast, why not be like, well, okay, this guy over here does a really good steak. We don't offer steak, but you should go talk to that guy. Yeah. And that guy's going to do the same thing back. Yep. Build those relationships. Yeah, so it's, it's finding ways to build the top line rather than trying to cut costs. Is if you're doing that, you're getting more customers, which gives you more opportunities. You're getting more activity, which again gives you more opportunities. You're forced to find better ways of doing things, which should avoid getting stale and getting out of date. And, you know, in the case of the dealership, so if they want to get better results for customers, then what do they need to do? They need to make sure it's adequately resourced, adequately trained with an adequate system. If they want the best financial results, they need to make sure that it's the minimal resourcing with the minimal training for the maximum amount of customers at that level matches. Um, So, you know, looking at the right thing. uh, But fundamentally, it's building the top line. And have the conversation. Why did I start the business? A lot of your answers will be found in the answer to that question. Why did I start this in the first place? Because if you're feeling the stress where you need to cut costs, you're probably not loving your business right now. No. So go back to the basics and say, what was the reason that I started and reignite that passion because then that's where innovation will come from. Yeah. And it could be doing a different business to be fair. Fair. Yeah. It's time for you to move on. You're wasting business oxygen. Um, You know, sell it to someone, close it down and go do something else. You're hanging on because you've got employees. It's... It's like a marriage that's hanging on because of the kids. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> hanging on just to do you a favour. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a few different reasons of things or different things you can do. But um, the other thing is just, just ask for help. Like if your cash flow is that bad, go talk to someone that knows about business, say, hey, I'm struggling at the moment, what do I do? If you go to your accountant, they'll probably tell you to cut some costs and they'll look at that sort of stuff because that's what they do, which is fine. If there's some costs to cut that aren't good, but just be careful they're not – affecting what you do um, but really you need to look at okay well how can we grow this business how can we do something better how what, what else could we be doing that we're not doing now um, how can we sort of take this up to the next level um, what do our customers want and and make that happen I think that's a key point Ro is there are ways and sometimes important ways to cut costs like you don't always need the 420 GSM silk uh, business cards the top of the range of everything you can still get your I'll argue that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it depends what your business is. Well, as long as you keep buying them from me, I'm happy. But the, <laughs> uh, uh, there are ways to, to find a product that can still do the same job. Uh, as long as you, as you said, as long as you're not compromising your core business by cutting costs. 100%. Cool. So um, is there any other advice that you would give to a business that's um, maybe struggling to stay afloat? Yeah, if you're struggling, like. I would have said this in probably every episode, but get some help. Like ask someone, 
people are more than happy to help other people. If you've got people that when you say I'm struggling, they, they enjoy it, then they're probably the wrong people to have around. It's a lot of those people. But um, there's a lot of people that want to help you. So, you know, talk to someone that is successful. Hey, you know, have you spoken to someone? Where did you get help from? What do you do? Um, having these problems, what do you think? Ask your customers, um, depending what, what it is. If it's, hey, we're thinking about offering some new services. What problems do you have? You know? <laughs> then we might be able to solve, like do that market research. But I would 100% reach out and ask for some help, um, talk to other people in, in business that have businesses. They'll say, oh, we've had the same issues before. This is what we did. It might not be the best thing for you to do. You know, find, reach some advice, reach for some advice, um, get some ideas and, you know, you've probably done pretty well to get to yourself to where you were in the first place. So once you get a few new ideas and, a, and knowledge of your business, you'll come up with with something definitely check your circle eh? yeah. or talk to us too we'll be able to sort you out <laughs> <laughs> check check your circle of influence uh, if you're hanging around with five people who are all struggling you're probably going to be the sixth person who's struggling if yeah. you're if you're hanging around with five people who are innovating and changing the world you're going to be in that position and it's a hard thing to do and you have to be self-aware mm. in the first place it's yep. uh, like I know I bounce a lot of ideas off a row I'm there's plenty of times where you've looked at me and gone, what are you doing that for, you moron? That's why you bounce the idea for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then we, we, we sit around and we, we come up with some ideas. Yeah, it's the only way you're going to come up with good ideas is to actually brainstorm stuff. Um, yeah. And um, some people might seem a bit proud or whatnot, but if you're, if you're moving house, generally people ask for hand. But if you're struggling in business, you don't ask anyone because you're yeah. embarrassed for whatever reason. But I'll say that's probably more important to ask because a bit more. It matters a lot more to your family. It matters a lot more to your employees to, to get right and even your customers. If you've got a business doing something good, there's a lot of people relying on you. So, yeah, number one and probably the only thing, ask for help. I've, I've found and I know you're not using your podcast as a, as a sales tool, but it's uh, talking to Roe is, is, and, and your entire team is it's talking to experts and they're not just going to bounce back what I want to hear. It's okay, here's your problem, here's how to fix it. You're probably not going to like it, but that's not what you're paying me for. Yeah, people don't have the problems they have because they know the solution. Yeah. Uh, they often yeah. they know the problem, they know what the solution would be, but they haven't, they've haven't. they still got the problem because they don't want to do anything about it. I don't it want you don't to tell me what I'm going to hear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, understanding that it probably is your fault, and but it's fundamentally you just got to do something. Yep. You can't just sit there and say, oh, it's a problem and I'm just going to cut costs and it's going to go away. Like, you, you need to cut costs because something's going wrong. So train you need to do, yeah, spot yeah. on. Um, you get run over, but you just got to do something and uh, asking for help is usually a good point, even if it's just someone to talk to. You yeah. probably just go, oh, this is my problem, and you've gone through the problem. Just by doing that, you'll figure out five things to do. Some great topics there. So um, today we've talked about how cutting costs is not going to fix your problems or it's probably not going to fix your problems, but it's more than likely that it may cause some side effects of cutting costs can drastically affect your business. So we've talked about how um, Qantas has drastically decreased their service levels from um, just trying to cut some costs due to some some debts from COVID. COVID. <laughs> well, maybe just, I don't know the reason why they're cutting costs, but um, yeah, that that. We, we do know in the news reports, obvious, um, and from our experiences, the service levels have definitely dropped. Absolutely. Um, and maybe most importantly, if you're struggling, look at how you can grow your top line income and how you may be able to seek some help to yep. do that. Yeah, and even if that means spending more money, we didn't mention that. I just thought of it as soon as you said that. Sometimes you've got to spend more money. Um, and 
that's An not investment. just that's not spend more money to cover your costs yeah. and not change anything. But does that mean you need to buy that bit of equipment that that's just sounds way too expensive, but it's going to change your business? Like just go and buy it. Like if you were starting a business, you probably you it would have been a necessity. So. That um, probably comes down to the difference between, you know, um, an investment and an expense. Yeah, spot on. And some people see a lot of things and um, <laughs> a machine is an expense, yeah, yeah. which is not true because if you buy a machine, you're investing in it. Um, an employee, is that an expense? Even an admin employee is an expense or is it an investment? Um, and, you know, definitely advisors and things like that, but, oh, it's just a big expense. So it's going to cost me 10 grand and I'm, what am I really getting? Well, you're getting a different uh, circumstance to enjoy, you know, and that could be worth a lot more than that. So sometimes you've got to think, hey, you know, I've got no money and just rather than thinking that, sorry, rather than thinking I've got no money, go, there is money, I'm allocating it to places, where is going to give me the biggest return? And if that's a bit of short-term moving things around to uh, to get the result you want, there are definitely always some areas that you think you can't afford that are um, going to give you a much bigger return for your investment than others. In my experience, and I'm no financial advisor, but it's always easier to make $10,000 than save $10,000. True. If I want to go on a holiday, I just find a way to make more money. Yep. Uh, if I can't afford it now. it's uh, It's always been that way and it wasn't until later in life that I realised that. So you're, you're slaving away on a wage you might be a business owner who's drawing a wage and it's a tiny wage compared to your employees sometimes. <laughs> and uh, you're trying to save and save and save where flip the script, find a way, find a way to make more money. Yeah, it's true. And even outside of business, if you don't have a business, um, uh, a friend of mine asked me maybe 18 months ago, just, no one even knows what I do. Uh, he's like, oh, so you're a financial advisor? I said, no, I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor. I can't advise you on those sort of things. You need a professional advice for that um, with a 30-page report going with it and a fact find. Uh, he goes, <laughs> and I said, what's your question though? I'll probably help you. And he goes, oh, just, oh, I really need a bit of help budgeting. I just, you know, I sort of never really save and oh, I said, you don't, need, you don't need to budget. He's like, why is that? I said, well, you, you're going to cut a few things out. You're going to stick to it for a few weeks. You're going to be sick of living the the life you don't want to live and then you're going to spend it all <laughs> and then uh, you're back to square one. I said, you just need to make more money. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, make more money. I said, well, you can either save and never do anything fun and sit at home and do nothing because you have no money yep. or you can go use some of that spare time to make some more, more money and then you can do more things. Instead of watching... 20 episodes of whatever's on binge at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I think um, the I next think time we're I saw all him. guilty of that. <laughs> two months later, he'd bought a few cows. Yep. He's had a friend who had a farm and a paddock that he doesn't use, was happy for him to put some cows in this. So he bought some cows, and you know, it doesn't sound like much, but that's a few thousand dollars over the course of a year yep. that you're going to make, um, which you break that down to weekly is not a bad little income. Um, then he started doing some sessions, some private sessions for what he does on the side, which is just completely different. It wasn't taken mm-hmm. away from his job. Massaging cows. He was earning pretty much half of his weekly income doing four hours work. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of the times, you know, you can cut costs and you can get somewhere with that, but there's only so many costs you can cut. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're growing your top line, finding new ways to make money, there's unlimited potential. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for today. In our next episode, we'll explore a topic called imposter syndrome. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, as usual, make sure you visit our online website and book a catch-up. You can reach us at www.businessabundance.online. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Goodbye. See you later.